This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, December 11, 2019, and I'm looking at the calendar, and I can see Christmas is just a couple weeks away. And then, of course, that means the New Year's Day to 2020 is only three weeks from today. New Year's Day. So we'll be in 2020. I can't believe that. Well, we've all been watching the news as we do every day, and it's always interesting. Uh, some days more interesting than others. Today, we had some kind, you know, we had the Fed meeting, and it was, you know, probably no one even knows that we had it. It wasn't really well advertised or broadcast, and news media didn't really care about it. Financial news media didn't really. That's because everybody expected the Fed to do nothing, and that's exactly what they did. Nothing. They didn't raise or lower the interest rates. And uh, Powell actually said that they probably are not going to do anything with interest rates for a while. So that's what he said. We'll see if that comes true. I have a feeling they might lower the rates one more time next year, early next year. That's my prediction. One of the reasons, one of the reasons I'm predicting that is that in the new year, remember there's 12 members of the Federal Reserve representing the 12 districts in the United States. They split up the United States in 12 districts. Nine of those members are voting members. Okay, nine. And they rotate. Okay, so three are going to drop off and three are going to be added. And the three they're adding, they're more dovish on interest rates. So they may lower them again because of the change in the makeup. Just my feeling about that. Okay, uh, so that's that's what I think. We we might get one more one more reduction. I'm Steve Peasley, everybody. In case I didn't mention that at the top, and I hope you'll call me. This is a call-in show. That's what we do. We try to provide unbiased guidance on investing, on the various uh, stocks, bonds, or whatever financial instrument you want to use. Are we talking about anything financial? Insurance, four hundred one ks. I don't care. Anything financial. We'll talk about. And our goal here on Vest Talk is to help you achieve financial freedom, whatever that means to you. Freedom from having to make a living and having your money work for you instead of you working for it. And that means you'll be an interest earner instead of an interest payer. And that's why I'm so negative on debt, incurring debt. Mind you, there are two kinds of debt there's good debt and there's bad debt. Now, what's good debt? Good debt is buying an asset that appreciates. You know, that's good debt. Bad debt is buying something that you're just wasting money. That's not appreciating or it's just something you spent. That's okay. You can do that. I'm just saying, but you don't want to, that's not a good way to, to go into debt. It's just not. And you can argue like, let's say, uh, student loans. Is that good debt or bad debt? And I would argue that you could say it's good debt. Because it's investment in your future to make more money. But when you talk about financing a car, that's bad debt. Car just gets worth less and less and less as time goes by. Buying a property, probably good debt because it earns income or and or it appreciates. Good debt, bad debt. Stay away from bad debt. 
okay? Now this hour, I'm going to help you with that. Uh, we'll get to that financial freedom go. And to do that, you have to call. The lines are open right now. We call it the listener line. And the number is 888-99-CHART, C-H-A-R-T, 888-992-4278. So Christmas will be here soon, and then comes January. And then I'm returning to New York City in late January. I'm going to have to dress up. You know, I'm Southern California boy. I don't have too many warm clothes, so I'm going to have to dress up pretty warm. There will be no-cost portfolio review consultations. Uh, i talk about maybe how KPP Financial can help manage some of your funds or all your funds, uh, or at least answer any of your financial questions about how to you know get to that financial freedom goal. Goal. Okay, so I'm going to be in late January. I'm going to be in New York, and then I've scheduled a new city to my to my slate. Uh, I'm going to go to Dallas, Texas. Turns out we have a pretty a pretty well a pretty large growing number of listeners in Texas. So I'm going to be in Dallas on January 24th, and then I will return to New York on January 28th and 29th. So 24th in Dallas, 28th, 29th in New York. That's over the weekend. I'm going to visit relatives that live in Dallas, Texas. I have a niece and two grandnephews and a sister-in-law there. So it's going to be that's what I'll be doing over the weekend. Anyways, if you're serious about getting your portfolio assets optimized, you want to help with managing those assets. That's what this is for. That's what the, that's what I'll do. We'll take a look at your portfolio, see how you're set up, see if it matches your goals to, to get to that financial freedom. So if you want to set up a time, you go to investtalk.com and register right now. I will sit down with you, and together we'll focus on turning up your portfolio, turning it up. No cost, no obligation. That, you know. So remember... Always, you can always call our office at KPP Financial in Irvine, California, or go to investtalk.com and set up an appointment. Just send me an email. We'll get to be back to you. My main talking point today concerns a, a complication from the trade war tensions. Here's the premise. The U.S. has helped China build its economy for decades. And China report, reportedly wants the U.S. to step back. So Beijing can rise in power on the world stage. Well, you know what? It doesn't work that way, does it? It just doesn't. It depends on who's the biggest and strongest economy. It depends on innovation and strength of, you know, strength of the economic uh, engine that's driving it. And we were talking about this today with a group, Justin, myself, and a couple other the members of the firm about what do we think about China and how big is it going to be? And we all came to the conclusion that at some point it's going to implode like Japan did. It's just a matter of when. Justin probably thinks it's going to be due sooner. I think it's going to do it later. I, I think it's got a ways to go before its little bubble bursts. Justin thinks it's going to be sooner, but uh, we'll see. But we all we think it's going to burst. We think something's going to happen. We don't know what. But, you know, they built their economy on a lot of, they're trying to be a free economic system, but then they, they in, interfere with the economics of that situation. And it's essentially, there's not much freedom at all. And we think the, the debt bubble that they kind of hide is going to implode the economy at some point. 
We'll see. We'll see. This be this will be interesting to see how this poll plays out. Okay, so how the market do today? The Dow is up. The market was up. The Dow was up 30. The Nasdaq up 38. And the S&P up 9. So we had a positive day. It was choppy to down and up. It was just kind of meandering. I think uh, I'm surprised it ended it up with the Powell announcement. But apparently everybody expected that, that announcement. So not, I don't think it drove it one way or another. Okay. Okay, we'll take the Texas call here right after this break. Uh, so, Lewis, if you hold on, we'll get to you first. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And let me remind you that Invest Talk radio program and podcast replays provide a daily dose of market news with unbiased commentary. Now, have you heard our special offering, Invest Talk Academy? It's an online training class. Tomorrow I'm doing it at 9 o'clock in, on in depth, different types of subjects. So you can learn more by going to investtalkacademy.com. We're headed to the break, and I'm taking your questions now at 888-99-CHART. It's another busy investor work week. You've got investment and financial questions, and Steve and Justin are ready to give you their unbiased guidance. The Invest Talk phone lines are open, so call now. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Lewis in Texas. Thank you for holding on, Lewis. I do appreciate it. Hi, Steve. Thank you for taking my call. Um, hey, I had two questions. Um, well, well, I wanted your thoughts on one, well, on both of them. Um, the first one is on ticker symbol O. It's a realty company. It's a REIT. It pays monthly dividends. Um, and then the second one is, I read an article saying that banks are buying long-term treasury notes uh, on Bloomberg. Um, what are your thoughts on TLT, the 20-year treasury note? Um, I would be careful. Remember, you know, if you want to buy a treasury note and hold it maturity to collect the interest, that's fine. If you think it's going to go up in value, treasury and bonds go up in value when interest rates go down. The Fed has just announced today they're not going to lower the interest rates anymore. So chances are high that the next time the move of interest rates, even though I believe they're going to lower one more time, the chances are high a year from now, two years from now, interest rates are going to be higher. Therefore, the value of your treasury notes will go down. You'll still earn your yield, you know, whatever that's going to pay you. So if you're going to buy a treasury note and hold it to maturity and just collect the interest, then that's fine. It's not paying very much, and I wouldn't do it because you can get a lot better return on, you know, high-quality corporate bonds. But... You know, I, I don't think it's a very good investment at this point in time simply because I think interest rates are almost done or already done going down. So they probably, and if interest rates start to move up, the value of the bond goes down. So on O, Realty Income Corporation, it's a REIT, R-E-I-T, symbol O, a REIT that acquires retail properties leased to regional, regional, uh, regional and national retail chain operators located in 48 states. Um, are these? Uh, is this? Uh, is, is it a mall? Are they? Do they? Is it? Is Realty Income a mall? See, REIT that acquires retail properties leased. Go ahead. What Go they ahead. do is that they own like uh, places where where uh, Dollar General, uh, uh, what's the other Family Dollar, uh, I know uh, uh-huh. CVS, mm-hmm. where 
Okay. Those. Okay. I I kind of like that area. I do not like those any REITs that are owning the big uh, malls with the big box stores that on the corners or the ends, because I think that model is really struggling. Where I think your 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 strip centers and your smaller centers, I think they'll be fine because they cater to a different kind of clientele. So I think those are fine. Now this this uh, Realty Income Corp uh, makes uh, uh, it pays a yield of three point seven percent. It's growing about ten eleven percent sales every quarter, pretty consistently. Um, and they're going to make three dollars and fifty two cents, meaning that their their seventy four dollars stock makes that a a, a twenty PE. About uh, so going forward, 2021, 20, 22 PE going forward, and that's not cheap. That's near the high of its range. It's already had a very good run. It's coming off its peak at 81, 81.50, and today it's at 74. I think you need to wait till it starts to go back up before you consider it. It's still moving on a downwards, it's now on a downward trend. Let it, 200 day moving average is about 72. And I think it's going to hold that area. If it holds that area, that would be a better buy point. I wait for that. I just wait. I wouldn't be in a big rush to get into it right now. Lewis, appreciate the call. It was O Realtor Income Corporation. You often heard Justin and I advise you to stay invested. Stay invested. And one of the reasons why, in long term, the market goes up. It has an upward bias, not a downward bias. Now, we've been spoiled by many years of a bull market. Last three years since Trump been in, 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 as president, the market's done very, very well. The S&P is up about 46% or so. So, while he's been so the bias is to the upside. That's why I say, well, you can take, you can be defensive, but don't get out. Don't get out. That's wrong. So 2019 has been a pretty good year. Pretty good year. I'm Steve Peasley and ready to take your questions at 888-99 chart. Coming up on Invest Talk, answers to your questions in a money matter, comparing load and no load mutual funds, how to gauge your needs in retirement, 888-99 chart. This is Invest Talk. Steve Peasley has added two new portfolio review trips to his schedule. Steve will be in Dallas, Texas on Friday, January 24th, and he'll return to New York City for two days, Tuesday and Wednesday, January 28th and 29th. These are no-cost and no-obligation consultations. Learn more and register now at investtalk.com. Howdy, my name's Zach from uh, Fort Collins, Colorado, and uh, I've been trying for the past, like, six months to figure out what the real difference between warrant and common stocks are, and I've, just been, I've been doing as much research as I can. I've been, like, uh, asking a couple of trader friends of mine. I'm, I'm only 21. I'm kind of new. It might be a dumb question, but I just kind of want to know what the, the real difference between warrant and common stocks are. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, common stock is, of course, a publicly traded stock on the stock market. That's a stock, right? 
common stock. Most people associate with a publicly traded company, even though you can have private companies and private stock. But for our purposes, we're talking about a common stock is a stock traded on an index, and you can buy and sell it anytime you want to. A warrant, a warrant is a security that entitles the holder of the warrant, the holder to buy the underlying stock of the issuing company. So if a company issues warrants, it's given the right to buy the stock at a fixed price called the exercise price and until that thing warrant expires. There's an expiration date on it. Okay, so warrant just gives you the right to buy the stock. It's not an investment itself. It just gives you the right to buy the stock at a particular price. Now, let's say you have a five-year warrant. It won't expire for five years and the stock rises. You can sell the warrant to somebody else, but it's not a stock. It's not ownership of the company. It's only the right to buy the underlying company at a fixed price. So it's vastly different. Stock is the actual ownership of the company in the form of a stock. A warrant is a right to buy that particular stock at a certain price, and it will expire at some point. Whereas if you own the stock, it never expires. You own the stock. I hope that clears that up. My main talking point today concerns the, the uh, complications around the trade war conflict that we have and have been going on for some time. Um, and the premise is, the premise is the U.S. helped China build its economy for decades, which I totally agree that that is true. And some people think it's time for them to pay us back. Well, what does that mean? Well, it certainly doesn't mean that we have to be so accommodative anymore. Why are we so accommodative? They're, they're $14, $15 trillion economy now. We don't need to be accommodating. And that's what we have been. We've been way too easy on China. So how, when they say pay back, what that probably should translate into, let's, let's make sure the playing field's fair. Let's make sure that you, you know, if you're not going to be fair, we're going to we're going to charge tariffs, and that's exactly what Trump is doing. That's the premise. Now, some people don't agree with that, that we shouldn't be, there should be free trade around the world. I'm, I'm totally on board with that. But in, in the conjunction with free trade, you have to have fair trade. So why is China's trade unfair? Well, for several reasons. First, they manipulate their currency. Second, they steal our technology. They don't enforce the patents. They're to join the WTO, World Trading Organization, but many times they don't follow the rules that just the WTO sets out. So, yeah, they need to start playing fair. And that's all this is about. I think every American out there would say, yeah, we, we, we don't mind trading fairly with somebody. We want free trade. I want free trade. I think free trade worldwide is good, but it's got to be fair trade. Fair. What's not fair? You know, there's certain, in China, if you wanted to open up a factory, let's say GM or somebody, big company, they wanted to sell products and open up a factory in China, do you realize that they have to have a Chinese company that owns 51% of the factory? And you got to transfer all the technology of, you know about building those cars or trucks or whatever you're building? That's not fair. We don't require them to do that here if they want to build a car company. See, stuff like that. I mean, uh, India. Do you realize that tax on a Harley Davidson in India is uh, in India tax on a India, uh, Harley Davidson vehicle is one hundred percent, not on 
cars or vehicles or motorcycles made in India that's sold in India. Not on vehicles or not anything that they sell to us do we charge 100% tax. That's not fair trade. That kind of thing. Fair trade is fine. Everybody wants it. We want it. You want it. Okay. So where's the free trade? Where's the fair trade of the free trade part? And that's the big complaint. And, you know, it's I think it's totally valid, personally speaking. <laughs> 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So what do you guys want to talk about? What's on your mind? Um, you know, uh, today we, we had a pretty big meeting with everybody. With Besides China, we talked about what is 2020 going to look like. Now, as we get closer and closer into the year, I'm going to talk about what we feel the market, the stock market's going to do in 2020. So we'll see. We'll we'll talk about that later. Now we're ready for. Uh, we we got a break coming up, so I have my trivia question. The S&P 500 is on pace for its best year since 2013. So as we go to break. How did the S&P 500 sectors perform in 2019? Because not all the sectors did that great. And which sectors showed the worst performance and which one's the best? I'll have that answer after the break. Because there's always sector rotation going on, baby. Always. But now we are taking your market and financial questions live. 888-99-CHART. If you'd like to see more about KPP Financial Select portfolios, like our balanced income portfolio, just click on the Investments tab on investtalk.com. This is Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where principals and Talk hosts, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein, are independent financial advisors. For clients, they are fiduciaries. Steve and Justin have a duty and a commitment to always place the interests of their clients ahead of the firm. This is different from the way many other organizations operate. And one way you can realize the benefit of an association with KPP Financial is to know that KPP practices parallel investing. This means that the personal investment accounts of KPP principals Participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. It's an important difference. You can learn more anytime at investtalk.com. At KPP Financial, we offer independent thinking with shared success. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, before the break, I had a uh, trivia question. I thought it was a pretty interesting one. The S&P did very well, up about 25% for the year, which is pretty strong, but not all sectors are the same. So it depends on what you where you where you were. Just like it's pretty every year, it's the same. What sectors really grew, and how much money did you have in that sector? For instance, if you have money in the worst sector of the year, and that's primarily where you were, that would have been energy, up three percent, three percent. 
or healthcare up 15%, which was much better than three. Those are the two worst. Materials are third at 17%. Uh, best, best sector. Again, information technology. So Microsoft was the biggest part of that, up 40%. So what was interesting is, you know, I, I suggested you buy utilities, right? I mean, pretty much last this whole year, I said, you got to be in utilities. Be defensive, be defensive. Utilities will be fine. Utilities were up 18%. That was 18.4%. Uh, uh, also, I said, might be better to be in consumer staples, another defensive position versus consumer discretionary and surprisingly consumer discretionary was up 22 percent and consumer staples was up 22 and a half percent so they did do better but yeah discretionary did pretty good too so that's 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 how it went this year and what was the one more point would be um you know everybody you know how boeing did poorly right actually boeing for the year did pretty well because even though it was flat most of the year, remember we had a December collapse last year. Remember, down 10%. 10%. So everything coming off of that bottom did okay, even Boeing. I mean, I think it bombed right around two, three, a little below 300, right? Well, it's at 350 today. See? So... Oh, but what do they think? What do you think of next year? Well, J.P. Morgan thinks the S.P. is going to rise about eight percent, two thousand twenty. I frankly think it's going to be kind of flat. Could rise about that much, but I don't, I don't have a lot of optimism there. I don't think it's going to be bad. Uh, other, uh, I think uh, Goldman Sachs felt the year is going to be flat. So it depends on who you talk to, right? Okay, let's go to Raphael in Washington D.C. How you doing, Raphael? Not too bad, Steve. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for the call. I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Um, I have uh, just a question about 401ks and IRAs. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I have a uh, yeah. So I have a 401k set up through my uh, through my company that I've been uh, contributing to about four to five years now. I'm 33 years old, and I, I set up an IRA. I believe uh, this year a traditional IRA. And I was just wondering, um, does it make sense to have and keep up with traditional IRA if I already have a 401k? And should I maybe think about trying to transfer those funds into a Roth IRA? And, and is that possible, or should I just keep with the traditional IRA that I have? Well, I would rather see you have a Roth IRA because you already have a traditional 401k. Even though there are Roth yeah. 401ks, but not every employer offers them. And why why do I do that? Because I, I I do I like it because it's at the end of your working life when you go into retirement. Now you have money in a Roth and you have money in an old 401k, roll it into an IRA. So you have regular IRA money or 401k money and a Roth, and now you can start withdrawing money out to live on, and you can adjust which one you withdraw. And the reason why that's important is there's no taxes owed on the Roth money, but you got to have pay income tax on the on the regular IRA money. So I would prefer to see you have a Roth IRA and build that up along with your 401k. Is it a bad idea to have a regular IRA? No, it's just that I would. I, and you know, some of this is a personal preference. 
And I give you my reason why I like it. Someone else might give you another reason why they don't like it, but it's hard to find somebody who doesn't like a Roth. You know, the one of the reasons you like the regular IRA is you get the tax write-off now, and maybe you need that, you know, now, this year, because you're making too much money, you know, and you don't want to pay, ta- you know, want to pay less taxes, and that's, that's understandable. So, it's really a, a preference, okay? There's no real answer, Raphael, really. Good question, though. Appreciate the question. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, consumer inflation rises to a 12-month high, the CPI. Okay, when I say that, am I saying that consumer inflation is high? No, it's not high. It's just raised to a 12-month high. It's still pretty darn low. Consumer, The CPI, Consumer Price Index, rose three-tenths of 1%. So what you're saying is the overall rate is still around two 2.1% for the year uh, based on that one month, uh, but we're probably, because we've had less than, you know, we're right around 2% inflation, and our long, long-term inflation rate is 3%, okay, for the United States, U.S. economy. So it's still very low. It's just perking up a little bit. What if inflation perks up more and more and more going forward? What would that do? What assets will benefit? Hmm. What do you think? What, what assets would benefit? Do you have an idea? Well, if it, if it does perk up, maybe gold. Maybe the dollar get weaker. So we're looking at inflation that's just perking up. We're not. I don't see us. I don't see inflation being a problem. I think. You know, the Federal Reserve is changing the way they look at this. So, I think that that's going to be my next talking point, matter of fact, is there's a huge change in the Federal Reserve's outlook of the decisions and how they make interest rate changes. They're cha- For 2020, their whole model is going to change a little bit. And I want to talk about that. And that model really is going to, it really is concerning with inflation and how they look at it. Frankly, I think they the I think we have to look at a new reality for the next uh, few years, maybe decade or two about inflation. And I do think they need to change the model. Now, mind you, they already look at it wrongly. I think they I think the inflation they they miss a lot of uh, a lot of inflation that you and I actually see. They call it the consumer price inflation CPI. That's the inflation at our level when we buy stuff. But how they calculate? You know, they calculate by count by taking a thousand items of a thousand items and go check the price. Now the problem is, is they make adjustments to that. And one of the most common adjustments is even though something goes up in price, uh, like let's say a telephone, a cell phone, even though it might go up in price on average, they're going to say, well, but it's more efficient. It does more things. It's Therefore, the price actually didn't go up. Well, <laughs> don't try to say that when you buy the phone. <laughs> it did go up. But see, they, they, they make adjustments, which is, makes it tough on you and I. Right? Makes it very tough. Go ahead. Let's go ahead and grab another caller. 888-99 charges the number. Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Ilya from Philadelphia. Just wanted to ask a quick question about the stock Miracle Grow Company, SMG. Do you think it's a good buy at this level at 102, 105? Thank you. 
Okay, so SMG, Scott's Miracle Grow. Um, SMG, let's take a look at it. Um, do we buy? Is this a good price? Let's take a look. Well, you know, it's been up, it's been up about 10, 11 percent in the last half year, six months. Um, manufacturers lawn and garden products, including fertilizers, plant food, and growing media, you know, stuff like that. They've been growing sales nine to thirteen percent the last couple of years. I mean, earnings. I'm sorry, earnings nine to thirteen percent. Sales are growing. They're in the mid to high teens on average. So that's really pretty darn good. And this company long term has been pretty consistent in growing its sales and earnings. And whenever you come across a company, everybody, this is a good lesson. When a company is consistently over the years growing sales and earnings, its PE ratio is going to be higher because it deserves a higher PE ratio. Okay, so this PE ratio as it stands today is at 23. It's going to make $5.53 next year. It's a $103 stock. Okay, so at $103, what's the P.E. ratio? About 23. <laughs> is that high? Well, the five-year range is 11 to 65. Return on equity is very good at 47%. Very good cash flow of $5.01 a share. Pays a 2.2% dividend. Um, mutual funds have the 100, no, 60, 60, 70 new mutual funds. That's up to 555 mutual funds own Scott's Miracle Grow. And they 10% increase of ownership over the last year. So that tells you that the, the company, the management, by the way, owns 30% of the stock. So management is focused. I mean, this is their stuff. That makes them, this is their money. Now, you want some little red flags? Debt is 212%. There's a lot of debt on the books. Pro, I would have to see if they bought another company. Why, why did they get so debted? Well, that's pretty heavy debt. I mean, they got a great cash flow, great earnings, so they can afford it, but that's a high point. Is it a good buy point? It's been trading kind of sideways for the last two or three months, slightly to down 107, down to 103. Um, is it a good time to buy it? Man, I don't think I'd be buying it. I, I don't. Only because I think it's, it's still a little expensive. Uh, it was up 2% today. Uh, I think you're going to have to be a little sharper. I think next year is going to be tough as far as buying stocks. You're going to buy, you know, it's going to be a stock picker's market. Where to buy something. You want to make sure you, it's a good company, great company to own, $5.7 billion, But I don't know if I'd buy it here. I want a bigger pullback or maybe a breakout above 107. Maybe I'll buy it then or pull back to maybe, you know, maybe 95 or so because that's where it's pulled back in uh, late October, early November and bounced up from there. But I think it just got to be a little sharper. I'm Steve Peasley and you're listening to Invest Talk. So obviously you understand the importance of unbiased guidance and experienced market analysis. I encourage you to consider subscribing to our KPP premium newsletter. I write that darn thing every week and that is a chore. It's a lot of work for me. It's distributed every Friday, every Friday. You can get you know a lot of good information from it, such as the week's market analysis, Portfolio management guidance. People, someone asked me, uh, what if I needed some help in knowing how to manage a portfolio? Well, the newsletter will help you do that. I'll give you a couple stock ideas every week. 
So you can subscribe anytime you want by going to investtalk.com. And now I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Steve Peasley has added two new portfolio review trips to his schedule. Steve will be in Dallas, Texas on Friday, January 24th, and he'll return to New York City for two days, Tuesday and Wednesday, January 28th and 29th. These are no-cost and no-obligation consultations. Learn more and register now at investtalk.com. Steve and Justin welcome your investing questions, and the phone lines are open. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Jim in Indiana. How are you doing, Jim? Hi, Steve. I uh, appreciate you taking my call uh, this evening. Um, the reason I'm calling is I just I just got a new job. I actually don't start for, for a little bit yet, but I'm moving from working at a school system to the private sector. And so I've got this okay. 403B. I've also got a a pension that, that is fine. I don't need to worry about the pension. Um, right. I figure, figured out that, you know, by the time I retire, they're going to, that pension's still going to be worth about 14000 annually. So happy about that, happy for what I've done with that. But okay. Um, okay. I've got, I've got to roll my 403B into something different. And I also have to be thinking right. about, because the, my new pay structure is completely different. I'm used to being on a regular salary and it being really consistent. Well, the new pay structure is I've got a base salary, but then I have quarterly bonuses and then end of year uh, profit sharing right. plus stock options and that sort of thing. So it's a completely different okay. beast. Um, right. And I don't really know <laughs> all the ins and outs of how to deal with it, let alone rolling the 403B into an IRA. Okay. Okay. That's, uh, yeah, your life is changing financially, substantially from being a very steady working for a school district or a government entity to being a total out in the free market economic system. It's very different. Uh, so, first of all, your 403B, you can roll that into a IRA if you wish. And probably, do they have a, they offer, they offer a 401k at the new business, new job? Yes. Okay, so you're going to start, did they match anything on that? Um, you know? I, it depends on, it, it's variable. So yes, they do, okay. but it's not that you, yeah. it's not like they match the first 2%. They all match okay. like. Okay, Jim. I think. Got it. Okay, I got to take a quick break. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll pick. We have to pick you up right after the break. I promise. Eight 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 ninety nine charters our number. So hold on. We'll pick up um, Jim right after this break. Give me a call. On the next Invest Talk, is it time to buy defensive stocks? Uncertainty around the U.S.-China trade war and the coming election is causing some Wall Street firms to say yes, but are they right? That story tomorrow. But now Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Steve, 888-99-CHART. 
Okay, Jim, thanks for holding on, Jim. I really appreciate it. So, okay, uh, so uh, you can roll your 403B into your new 401k. That is possible, too, but I always suggest rolling into an IRA because then you can invest it any way you want. You can hire someone to, like myself to help you manage it or, or do it yourself. In 401ks, you're limited to their mutual fund choices, and usually it's not very not very extensive. So now, as far as your new income stream, make sure if you're going to get bonuses, if they don't take if they don't take taxes out of that, which they probably will, that you set aside money for taxes. What's going to happen in your second year self-employed? You're going to have to pay estimated quarterly taxes because the bonuses could, you know, depending on how big and how big they are and how your corporation treats the, tra- the tax treatment of those things. I don't know. And now you're going to get stock options. That's a whole nother ball game. So, Jim, your life is changing as far as how to manage your, your money. But, you know, it would probably be a good thing. It's a positive thing for you, I think. So how do you feel about that? Yeah, well, I, I feel good about it because when I did the math, it was a 48% increase in my income. And that felt wow, pretty good. Wow, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> congratulations. Yeah. yeah, good luck on your new job. Thank Keep you. me posted on, uh, if you have Thank any you. questions have about one. the financial, sorry, you do. Give me a call. Thanks, Jim. So, hey, that's good for him. That's great. Okay, everybody, this is Invest Talk, and I'm Steve Peasley. Love to talk to you. Give me a call, 888-99-CHARTERS, the number, 888-992-4278. Okay, to pick up, I told you about inflation, and it's really not a problem, but the Federal Reserve is going to change how it, how it how it reacts to inflation. And, what's, and it's a big change. It's not a small one. So what they've been doing is they forecast the inflation, which, and they have a target, a target of what they think inflation should be for the year. And then they raise or lower interest rates if something, as they approach it or exceed the target. Well, now they're going to change the way they look at it. Now they're going to re take a look at the medium term to do to an average of the business cycle. So of the business cycle, what over a period of time of the business cycle, what was the inflation as opposed to just long-term inflation. Now inflation in the current recovery as measured by the personal consumption expenditure price index, which is what they use instead of the CPI and the PPI, has averaged about one and a half percent. So that would be their target. What will this really do? What what will be the effect? The speculation is the effect will be is they'll let inflation run hotter before they do anything about it. Remember, what do they do about inflation? They raise interest rates to slow the economy down, to cut inflation. So their change may allow them to let it run higher than it would the way they used to do it. Remember, they're changing this January 1st. It's coming up. So it's a pretty big change for them and how they're going to look at it. We'll see how it works. You don't know how it works for the next You have to wait. See, over a couple of business cycles, that could be 10, 20 years. <laughs> so we have no idea. Interesting uh, change. We'll see. We'll see how that works. But, you know, I may not see because I might be dead 20 years from now. I might still be around, but I'll just be old and drooly by then, probably. 888 99 is our number. 888-992-4278. Okay. Let's see. Um, mistakes. 
So how about I wrote down six biggest mistakes people make when it comes to their overall planning or or overall uh, retirement goals. What are the what kind of mistakes do they make over the period of time? Number one, number one, they fail to create a plan. No one, you just let it go on. Instead of creating a plan, say you want to save X money, I have so much money by year this year, blah, 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 blah. Plan, everybody. Number one. Here's one that's particularly dangerous. Very strong year. Don't count on the good times to keep rolling on. Don't make investment decisions based on emotions. When you think the market, you figured out the market, you don't. Don't do that. Don't panic in a bear market, and don't confuse an investment with speculation. Those are my six don'ts. Don't do those things. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin will be here tomorrow. I will return Friday. Please tell your friends and family. Tell everybody I'm coming to Dallas. You guys in Texas. And I'll be in New York City. You tell everybody there. So I'll be there in January. Dallas in January and New York in January. Late January. You can set up an appointment now if you want to meet with me. 888-99-CHART is our number. You can call after hours and leave a question. Good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered and offered to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.